This week's episode is sponsored by Quizney Plus. Join the streaming service now and watch the musical Everyone's Talking About, a portrait of an American hero available on demand for the first time, Helicopter Tonyton. The Pulitzer Prize non-winning masterpiece chronicles the life of a humble drive-time traffic reporter and his rise to greatness. From helicopter school to morning zoo to immortality, Helicopter Tonyton is a history lesson and an inspiration for us all. Available now exclusively on Quizney Plus. Welcome to Election Profit Makers. I'm your host, Kid Midas. No, I'm... Go! Do it! I don't want to do it. You think it's so easy. You think it's so funny. Do it. I'd love to see you do this. Host the show, Long John Silver. Go ahead. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on the 2020 presidential election and related catastrophes. I am your host... Long John Silver, along with Kid Midas and Starley Quinn. Hi, guys. Hi, John. Hi. I don't, I want you to do it. Not so easy, is it? Not (laughs) so easy. Not so easy. And then I'll be you. But you've had a lot of practice. That was my first time doing it. Let's start by talking about last week's bets. John, do you remember what you bet on last week? Yeah. Cool. I bet (laughs) on uh, will Donald Trump win any state he lost in 2016? And I said he would not. I bought 300 shares at an average price of 68 cents. It's trading at 73 cents right now. So I'm up $10 at the moment. It's not bad. A sweet $10. The $10 founding father without a father. My bet last week, will Trump resign in his first term? My evergreen fantasy bet. And of course, I am down three cents per share. I got to say, related to that bet about Trump resigning in his first term, this story about Russia paying Taliban militants money to kill Americans, you would have thought that story would have had a bit more traction. I repeat my analysis, which is that story is crazy. And it seems crazy to me that it isn't a bigger part of the news. But maybe I'm square. No, it wasn't discussed yesterday at all on any of the shows. I mean, it's relying on a few anonymous sources inside the intel community. We just don't know if it's true. Last night on July 5th, there was fireworks continuing even after the 4th of July celebration. The fireworks outlived people's interest and attention in that story. I was wondering if maybe there was like a bonus if you killed an American on the 4th of July for dramatic irony, if Russia was paying like a 20% dramatic irony bonus, if any troops would be killed on the 4th. But we haven't heard about that yet. Starly, do you remember your bet last week? I just am just throwing money into this VP market, hemorrhaging money. Why are you losing money now in your favorite market? It's chaos. It's nothing but chaos. That's disaster capitalism, though. Chaos offers wonderful opportunities for the neoliberal investor. Haven't you ever read uh, Naomi Klein? This is what we want. I, I, at this point, we have... What? We have three weeks to go, about three weeks to go until he announces who the winner is. So I'm hoping that now maybe the next three weeks are going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to get exciting. What would your fantasy be for if you turn on CNN? What would your fantasy be about an exciting VP announcement slash news crawl without actually announcing it? Mm, Like if I heard that Val Demings had sent cupcakes to Biden over the weekend Mm -hmm. or I heard that they had all were like (laughs) that he and Tammy Duckworth 
his family and Tammy Duckworth's family were, you know, seen at the pool together. Here's a bit of interesting news. Breaking news. Uh, you can see the footage is shaky here, but <laughs> what you're looking at is clearly the Biden family and the Duckworth family at what appears to be a public swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Wolf, uh, what do you make of this? Well, everybody, it's me, Wolf Blitzer. Uh, this is very interesting. It's tr- traditional for presidents and vice presidents to uh, go to the pool together. This obviously suggests very strongly Tammy Duckworth is in, uh, I wouldn't say she's in hot water necessarily. She's probably in cool water enjoying being uh, in the running for Joe Biden's running mate. And then they talk about it for seven hours, million mm-hmm. crawls going all over the screen. Then she spikes on Predict It. And then she yeah. spikes on Predict It, yeah. They analyzed the pool floats, what they ordered poolside, the t- color of the towels. I'm surprised we don't see green towels because of the Green New Deal. Is that even what Wolf Blitzer sounds like? I've, I literally <laughs> have not heard his voice in like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad? Yeah. I always think of him talking a little like, he, he talks like someone who is hard of hearing. He talks a little loud. This is a real voice switcheroo episode. You're Will right, Blitzer, yeah. John Kimball's David Reese. We can't tell who anyone is. I know. This is good, though. It's that phase of the pandemic. Identity crisis. Yeah, exactly. We're all used to knowing now at this point, losing track of what time it is. And now we're going to start losing track of who we are. <laughs> like I had a day where I woke up or no, I hadn't woken up. It was like halfway through the day. And I was like, is this Friday or Saturday? <laughs> And now halfway through the day, we'll be like, am I? Am I Wolf Blitzer? (laughs) Oh, I might be Wolf Blitzer. John, this past week, the president of the United States went to Mount Rushmore, which is a huge sculpture in the side of a mountain that celebrates the best of us, to deliver a speech. And you watched the speech, correct? I did. Why don't you give us some impressions of that oratory. I would say it was basically a continuation of his American Carnage speech, his inaugural yes. speech, which uh, I believe George W. Bush described as some weird shit after it was over. That's right. So it was ominous, divisive, racial, polarizing. It, it was a Stephen Miller special. It spoke exclusively to his base. He talked about angry mobs unleashing a wave of violent crime in our cities, accused the Mm -hmm. left of having the goal of not making America better, but trying to defeat America. If it had been an official campaign rally, it would have been one of his wildest. But this wasn't even a campaign rally. This was like supposed to be a middle of the road address to the nation. There was some cancel culture stuff, right? My favorite discourse is... Cancel culture discourse. Mm, I love cancel culture discourse. Andrew Sullivan, bring it on. David Brooks, bring it on. Jonathan Chait, bring it on. And Matt Taibbi, bring it on. Cancel culture discourse is rocking across the USA. Left-wing fascism can't say what you want anymore. And Joe Rogan, bring it on. Adam Carolla, bring it on. Cancel culture, bring it on. Brett Stevens, bring it on. Yeah, he talked about cancel culture. Was he pro or against he was like, cancel culture? <laughs> he thought it was a great idea. In a stunning, I'll go back into Wolf Blitzer mode. President Trump, in a stunning twist comes out in favor of left-wing cancel culture. So it was a humdinger of a speech. Will it change anything, John? No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think it's going to God damn it, work. then why did he waste everyone's time? You don't think all these images of people tearing down statues and talking about blowing up Mount Rushmore and putting googly eyes on American currency or whatever the far left wants to do 
That's not going to bring back these suburban women or these non-college educated white women that he's losing? Just panic about flag burning Antifa warriors? No, I don't think so. I think it'll fire up his base to some extent, but I, I think it's irrelevant to the general election. But what about his National Garden of American Heroes, his new proposed sculpture park of all the best Americans? Ah, oh, yes, yes. With, Antonin uh, Scalia, Harriet Tubman, Ronald Reagan, General Patton, right. Orville and Wilbur Wright. I mean, this is a this is some heavy hitters here. Alexander Hamilton, Billy Graham, of course, Jackie Robinson, Amelia Earhart. I didn't see Amelia Earhart was on the list. Oh, I like, ooh, Davy Crockett up in this motherfucker. They're going to have a big Davy Crockett statue. I support the National Garden of Heroes. Yeah, that's definitely happening. I can't believe they would put a statue of Amelia Earhart in that. That would be wonderful. No one would ever deface a statue of Amelia Earhart. She got lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Can you imagine? No, I don't, I don't think that's it. It was not the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, No. Is, is the garden his garden? Or it's just at the White House. It's going to be in some... Um, it's not going to be anywhere. It's never going to happen. <laughs> John, your skepticism and your naysaying is tiresome. We need unity at this point. This country is being torn apart. The relentless partisanship on both sides of the aisle regarding this coronavirus has really got me frustrated and cynical. Can't we come together and enjoy these monumental sculptures celebrating American heroes like Amelia Earhart? Oh, you know what they should do? Her sculpture should not be there. Her sculpture should just be a plaque, but she should not be there. And and they should put a little triangle around it because she was lost in the <laughs> triangle. Um, I think that would be too modernistic. I mean, it says specifically that the, the statues have to be actual representations, which is a sort of a nod to the Nazis, which were against degenerate art. They didn't like abstraction. Yeah. So will they be flesh-colored statues with real human hair glued on? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Now, okay, now I'm even more excited by the National <laughs> Garden of American Heroes. Speaking of Donald Trump, I want to read you guys a tweet from Team Trump's Twitter account. It accompanies a video. It says, Air Force One does a flyover at Mount Rushmore because President Real Donald Trump is the coolest president ever. Do you guys think Donald Trump is the coolest president ever? Well, let's tally what makes someone cool. Sunglasses, which weirdly you rarely see him wear sunglasses. No, he never does. Biden wears sunglasses. Obama wore sunglasses. Clinton wore sunglasses when he went on the Arsenio Hall show and played the That's sax. That's right. That was pretty cool. Legendary cool factor playing saxophone on Arsenio Hall show. Yeah, 90s sucked. Bill Clinton sucks. Arsenio Hall was okay. Arsenio Hall had Husker Du on the show once. That's pretty weird. <laughs> okay, so we have sunglasses. Walk. Oh, a little bit of a strut or a saunter. Yeah, there's some physicality to it, certainly. And we know that he's a cool walker. Mm -hmm. It's also cool to discuss how you walk, to talk about how <laughs> yeah. you walk. And to talk about yourself all the time. That's what cool people do. They obsess and uh, they're overly dramatic and sensitive. And this is why I think Trump in the end is not cool. I think a lot of cool people have a sort of unflappability, right? I think that's foundational to the word cool. You're of cool temperament. Trump is the definition of flappable. You can flap. <laughs> you can flap that man like well, I don't know what flaps wings flap. You can flap that man like a bird's wing. Ooh, that's a nice phrase. Anybody can flap him. It doesn't take any skill. A child 
could get under this guy's skin. Oh, t- I'm sure I would love to know what Baron said to him once that made him never see Baron again ever in his life, his own son. I'm sure Baron, when he was seven, was like, gee, daddy, this pancake looks like your face. And Trump has never forgiven him. He got so flapped out by Baron. And that's why we never see the two of them together. There is one cool guy thing he does where he surrounds himself with lesser cool people. Oh, fuck. The Fawn strategy. Hang out with a bunch of kids at a soda shop so that by association, they think you're the coolest guy who ever lived just because you can slap a jukebox and make it start working. And also your office is the bathroom. (laughs) He really tricked those kids. God damn, he pulled a fast one, that Fonz. Here's what I would say about whether Trump is the coolest president ever. The thing that Trump does that is traditionally associated with being cool is he gets under the skin of the tastemakers, and the elites. And in that sense, he's cool. The tragic thing is, and the reason he is pathetic, is that he does all of this because he wants nothing more than to be accepted by those very same tastemakers. I think part of being cool is that you have to have the ability to act, to appear (laughs) that you're unflappable, because everybody is sensitive. He's so easy to read. And in the way he acts in the debates, particularly, I remember there was one instance where he was just ripping into Rand Paul, just going off on him. And Rand Paul was just standing there like a robot. I mean, Rand Paul is a not a good guy, but he was cool. He just stood there. He looked unflappable. And then when Hillary is laying into Trump, he's just like, no, 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 you're no, you're the puppet. Not cool. I'm thinking if I'm really... If I'm really ready to go on the record and say Trump is not cool, and I think I am. He's not cool. Do you think Trump has ever played charades? <laughs> well, uh, wow. <laughs> Stunned <laughs> silence. Imagine Trump being like, okay, three words. Three words. First, oh, movie, movie. First word. There's no way in a million years Donald Trump has ever played charades. No fucking way. And that's why he's not cool. If I was playing charades with Trump, I would just keep putting water, make him pantomime drinking water the whole time. <laughs> and people would be like, what are you, are you lifting a bar? Are you lifting the world's heaviest barbell? Okay, uh, weightlifting, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, uh, Mr. Universe, Mr. Universe competition, uh, pumping iron, pumping iron, it's pumping iron. No, it's water, I'm drinking water. But what about a game that's not verbal? Like what? Like chess. Maybe he's a great chess player. <laughs> um, that would be surprising if they came out and they said, for everyone who says that Trump can't play chess, he can't even play checkers, and he has no long-term strategic thinking, it turns out he's nationally ranked. <laughs> he doesn't play under his own name, but he is a nationally ranked chess player. Holy shit, I had a dream about President Trump last night. Holy fuck, <laughs> I just remembered this. Whoa, I was standing out, listen to this. Okay, let's do some real-time dream analysis. I rarely ever... I dreamt about Bush and Cheney so much more than I dream about Trump back in the day. But last night, I dreamt that I was outside a big house, like a mansion. Oh, my gosh. And I was standing beside President Trump. He was wearing his blue suit, you know, and his pants and stuff. And I was like, why does he have to stand outside with me outside this house? Like, can't he just go into this house? Like he's the president, but he was like waiting along with me. And I remember I was standing right beside him. I was looking at him. I was like, I'm going to figure out if he wears a diaper because you know, there's rumors that he wears that he's incontinent. 
And then we went into the house together. That's all I can remember. Something else happened, but I can't remember what it was. That was great. That was great. Let's keep that in. Dream analysis is always exciting. I'm having some crazy dreams this week. I also dreamt that I was in a mecha, you know, the big Japanese anime when a robot is piloted, you know, like Voltron. And I was in one, but I had all these manuals I had to read in order to figure out how to move my arms and legs. And I was like running behind and I had to read all these binders about how to use my robot and stuff. Is that a good dream, John? That was better than the other one. (laughs) Guys, remember when I told you that amazing dream about how I was standing beside President Trump? (laughs) John, any dreams you want to talk about? No, I don't talk about my dreams. John made a little money this week on an announcement via Twitter that the famous rapper Kanye West has said he's running for president. John, why don't you tell us about how you profited off Kanye West's hubris. Yeah, it was a 4th of July evening and Kanye West had this tweet out, I'm running for president, hashtag vision 2020. And his stock on predicted went from one cent all the way up into, I believe it went as high as 60 cents at one point. So predicted had him on the list. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have everybody. Will Zuckerberg run? So they had him on there. Predicted. Predicted probably paid Kanye West for that tweet because predicted has lost all cachet when they lost their Twitter markets and their poll markets. And they were probably like, oh, Kanye, if you could just announce you're running for president, get some activity in these markets and give us a little pop culture currency here. This would sort of be like a a de facto Twitter market if he were to run, because you'd be following his tweets all the time just to see what he was going to do, and it would be affecting the market. So it would be a lot like the old tweet markets. You're dealing with two crazy people. I don't know if he's going to run or not, but once it got up to 50 cents, I shorted it, and I, I bought 300 shares, and then it did. it sort of stopped there, and I decided I'm going to bed. Then I woke up the next morning and the yes shares were down to 20 cents. So I sold at 80 cents for the nose and and made almost $80. I felt pretty good. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you went to bed and then you slept, what did you dream of? Oh, good question. No. Have you ever dreamt that you're standing beside another person? Because I have. It's incredible. Yeah. One time I dreamt that I was standing beside you, David, but it wasn't you. It was like weird. <laughs> and then I was in my house, but it like wasn't really my house. Would you like to hear more about it? Yeah, I would. What impact will Kanye have on this presidential election, John Kimball? This is my hot take. He's going to have no effect. Perfect. Because I will go on record and say Kanye West would be one of the worst presidents ever. Again, like Trump, he's temperamentally completely unfit for the job. I think he was an innovative hip-hop producer, and we will always thank him for the distinctive sound of pitched-up R&B samples in hip-hop songs. I think he's extremely overrated as a rapper, and I also think he's just kind of a gross person. So I was thinking, rappers who would make better presidents than Kanye West, (laughs) who are the rappers who would actually, like, if they ran for president, I would be like, yeah, I could see voting for them. Let's well, let's watch the debates. You know what I mean? I would be a classic undecided voter. Like, I would like to see how <laughs> Kendrick Lamar handles this Democratic primary debate. So, John, can you think of any rappers who would be better presidents than Kanye West? Uh, KRS-One. Okay, so I was thinking about KRS-One. Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone, to use him by his full name, which I assume that's what he would run under. He has 
been dogged for years by accusations of anti-Semitism because he's an old school five percenter, I think, from the glory days of 80s hip hop. What about the baby? He Well, he's North Carolina, so North Carolina would probably flip blue because he's from Charlotte. LL No. <laughs> LL Cool J. No. He just feels like a dork. I mean, he would, he's like the rock. Accidental racist could become the new national anthem. Oh, with with Brad Paisley. What if LL Cool J and Brad Paisley ran as a ticket? John, LL Cool J for president, Brad Paisley for vice president. Fox would be all over that. Oh, my God. I mean, I like LL Cool J fine, and I love Brad Paisley. But that song, Accidental Racist. <laughs> Do you know that song, Starly? No. Oh. So Brad Paisley, the great country artist, uh, and LL Cool J, the legendary hip-hop artist, put out this song. This is years ago now called Accidental Racist. And it was basically like, LL Cool J was like, white man, I'll forgive you for all the stuff you've done if you, if you forgive me for all the stuff I've done. And Brad Paisley's like, black man, what the the lyric that is incredible is when LL Cool J is like, I'll, John, the one about the chains, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like, if you forgive these chains around my neck, I'll forgive these chains around my ankles like it's like it's like equating slavery and bling it's like an incredibly tone deaf it's incredible (laughs) so in the song it's saying they're both accidental racists no no it's that it's that paisley is the accidental racist because he walks in with uh you know paisley was coming from this from an honest place he 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 failed (laughs) i mean brad paisley Relative to other country musicians, if you listen to Southern Comfort Zone by Brad Paisley, like that's a pretty amazing song. Paisley's a good guy. Yeah, I think he's a good guy. He really is. Yeah, he he, right. he fa- totally failed here. Yeah. LL Cool J should have should have not been involved. He should have in said, dude, as your friend here and fellow showbiz professional, I'm going to take a pass on Accidental Racist. I'm sure the comments under that YouTube video are lit. That was one of the best days on Twitter when that came out. I wish it was a Twitter DVR because that would be one where you would be hit and record. I'll tell you my top candidates. Queen Latifah, first woman president. And also, she seems like a nice, good, smart person. She's incredibly charismatic. Plus, it would be so cool if we had a president who was a queen. Like, that would really fuck with Great Britain. That would be like a real messing with their minds. So I put Queen Latifah on my short list. <laughs> then I have MF Doom, yeah. legendary underground rapper, probably top five hip hop lyricist of all time. People who love the Hamilton musical because it has all these internal rhymes and polysyllabic stuff. Go listen to MF Doom. He's not rapping about Alexander Hamilton, but it's the, it's the same level of sophistication. Plus he wears a mask. MF Doom is the president we need now. MF stands for metal face because he always wears a mask over his face. He's a mystery man. MF Doom. When we have a country whose president can't even be bothered to wear a mask, but once in private, what a refreshing change it would be to go to a president who wears a mask all the time. Like even when the coronavirus is over, he's still wearing his mask. He might have to take his mask off at some point, though, so that we once this is over, we're not living with the constant trauma of this time. But this is the great thing, actually. Ironically, his mask covers everything except his nose and mouth. It's a mask <laughs> that just covers the top half of his face. It's a win-win. He, he must be having a hard time right now. And then I was thinking of, in progressive politics, we always complain about how we don't have a bench. Where are the young 
superstars other than AOC and some other like on, on a national level. Of course, we had Pete Buttigieg, a fresh faced guy who was gay. That's really great. But then I thought of another fresh faced guy who's gay, Lil Nas X of Old Town Road, America's favorite good guy. Obviously, he's too young to run, but I would put him on my farm team and start grooming him to be a national political figure. People love Lil Nas X. He seems like such a sweet, good hearted guy. So I put him on my list also. I'd buy that one. You go long on Lil Nas X? Absolutely. Yeah. I bet you could get him pretty cheap. And then just wait till he's old enough. Anyway, that's my list. Queen Latifah, MF Doom, Lil Nas X, and Kendrick Lamar, who I think is, I mean, that would drive Kanye. If Kendrick Lamar ran, Kanye West would go crazy because I think deep down Kanye West realizes that Kendrick Lamar is probably better at music than Kanye West. And also, I think, not to get too deep into this, I I also think that Donald Glover probably drives Kanye West crazy because Donald Glover is a true polymath. He's just like creative in so many different ways, but he doesn't have this bombastic, stupid, blaring personality that Kanye does. I wonder if he's also intimidated by Donald Glover. Okay, uh, what about if he was not born in Canada, Drake? Is Drake cool? I don't think Drake is cool. No, he is not cool. I'm always surprised at how popular Drake is. I watched Drake's first interview with Nardwar, and he dorked out so much that I kind of loved Drake. Nardwar, for our listeners, of course, is the legendary interviewer of musicians from Vancouver, British Columbia. And Drake is so fanning out over Nardwar. It's really... You know, it's like Leslie Nope when she meets Michelle Obama on Parks and Rec, the show that I watch all the time. It's very charming, but I don't think Drake is cool, man. I, he's, I think he tries a little too hard. But you're right. He does get into stuff. He, I mean, when he becomes a fan of whatever it is, he's all in. I don't know. I don't have a sense of his political instincts. Oh, you know who should be on the list and probably will run for office maybe one day is Killer Mike from Run the Jewels, who probably knows more about U.S. history than 98% of the Senate. That's a good one. Yeah, Killer Mike, I put on my short list. You think he'll run? As an old man, but I don't think he would run now. He's at the height of his, he's at the height, I mean, he probably also has more influence now as just a, a public personality than he would if he actually held office, because let's assume that the first office he would hold would be a state office in Georgia, because he lives in Atlanta. What's he going to do in Georgia? He can't go straight to the House. He could run for governor. Woo, that would be amazing. Wow. Yeah, he could. And he would run as an independent. Well, I mean, he was a Bernie. He was a Bernie guy. And Bernie ran. Oh, yeah. Bernie ran as an independent. Fuck, you're right. But he caucused with the devil. I don't know. Do you think it drives President Obama crazy that Killer Mike probably doesn't think much of him? I don't know what Killer Mike feels about Obama. But like for Obama to be like, oh, I guess I'm not cool anymore. I'm beloved, but I'm not cool. I think Obama has never lost the status of cool. Democrats aren't cool, but Obama, the man, people seem to still think is cool. You're at a dinner party. You're seated beside this guy. You talk to him all night. And then you're later like, that guy I was talking to is really cool. What's his <laughs> name? And they're like, oh, that was a uh, former president Barack Obama. And you're like, oh, he's cool. <laughs> yeah. He's cool for a president. Yeah. You grade on a big curve. You're right. He's cool for a president. He's not cool compared to MF Doom. But was, was Obama, Obama wasn't cooler than... Clinton could talk with anybody. 
I mean, Clinton was cool. But Obama's cooler. If you've seen Obama bowl. Oh, that's right. This is getting back to your Obama bowling thing. You fucking hate it when Obama bowls. It's just bad. John, there was something else that happened in the news. We had two ironic, I guess you could say ironic cases of coronavirus. Herman Cain and Kimberly Guilfoyle. John, do you remember who those people are? Uh, yeah, Herman Cain, who ran for president. Kimberly, I don't, how do you pronounce her last name? Guilfoyle. That is uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend. Former wife of California Governor Gavin Newsom. <gasps> well, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it's sick. I didn't know that either, Starley, and until like a month ago, it blew me away. That's when you're like, oh, okay, burn God. down everything. Burn down everything. It's all <laughs> oh Illuminati. God. They were married. She was the first lady of San Francisco. She was married to fucking Gavin Newsom. People think Gavin Newsom is a good guy. Forget about it. Also, she was fired, wasn't she, from Fox News for harassing her staff and also being sexually inappropriate with people? I love watching healthy people find each other and thrive. So Herman Cain and Kimberly Guilfoyle both are fairly high profile people on the right. Will them coming down with coronavirus change any right wingers minds about anything, John? I don't know. I think Herman Cain was hospitalized. He's older. He's in his mid seventies. Die, but I think he's doing better now. But while he was in the hospital, he was out tweeting, you know, anti-mask stuff. And he was at the Tulsa rally, blacks for Trump. Is that how he got it? We don't know exactly when when he got it, but the timing seems about yeah, it right. Scans. We don't know how Kimberly Guilfoyle and she tested positive in South Dakota. Right. So she was at that event for Trump. Don Jr. did not test positive. That makes me sad because that makes me think they haven't kissed in a while. If they had both tested positive, <laughs> it would be very romantic and dare I say erotic because we could imagine Kimberly Guilfoyle and Donald Trump Jr. Stop. French kissing and no, as their tongues don't. intertwine and their soul. I, no. Cut this. Who's a better kisser, Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump? Ugh. You have to answer, John. You have to answer or I quit the podcast. Uh, Eric Trump. Oh, my God. You love Eric Trump. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're so into Eric Trump. Oh, my God, dude. Do you DM Eric Trump? A little bit. This has kind of turned into like our Hollywood Insider Edition. This is mostly celebrity news. I hope that's okay with everybody. We're basically like EPM has become the new TMZ. All we do is just give the hottest celebrity gossip. And there's one other piece of gossip that I wanted to talk about, which is that Jeffrey Epstein's partner, Ghislaine Maxwell, has finally been brought in by the FBI. What do you think will come of Ghislaine Maxwell's arrest? She, I think she'll flip. She'll, she'll reveal some names. Names of people who have had sex with underage girls on his island. Yes. Oh, I'm ready. I'm so ready for that. John, is this why William T. Barr sacked the head of the Southern District of New York because they were going after Ghislaine Maxwell and the, and it's getting too close to Trump? It's possible. I mean, what can she say? She may give up anybody just to save herself. Unless she has proof, then they're just going to claim that she's trying to stay out of jail. Don't you think she's got proof? She knows everybody involved. Right. It's such a crazy scenario that yeah. she's in. I can't help but go towards like movie scenarios where in this in movies of this case, they hold they have the safe and they open it up and they take out the envelope and it's got the proof that is needed for the leverage when they get caught. Right. Why not go to that scenario? Because the situation anyway is unimaginable. So you think she may, maybe she has photos with girls with Trump 
with Clinton, with who's the the royal Prince guy. Andrew. He's gaining. Maybe um, who's our favorite attorney? Alan Dershowitz. He's been acting pretty cool and chill about all of this. He doth not protest too much very hard. Yeah, he's the one that I'm I'm sort of looking at thinking, yeah, maybe, maybe there is. Well, he's the there. one who said, I've never, I hope they release all the sex videos. You won't find me in those sex videos. I never had sex with a girl. I love my wife. I make love to my wife exclusively, and I don't take off my socks or glasses when getting a massage on Jeffrey Epstein's island. I'm innocent. Release all the videos. But it would be incredible if Ghislaine said, get the... Attorney General on the phone. You know what I have. You really think we live in that world? That just seems so wild. Maybe she could get Trump to resign. (gasps) You think she's political? I don't know. Honestly, I haven't thought about it that much because it's just so gross. I mean, but this podcast, we have to explore the dark side of Hollywood as well. I mean, we all love the glitter and glam of celebrity lifestyles, but there's a dark side. Now that might blow a lot of our listeners' minds. Every sun casts a shadow. And every star has a star shadow. That'll be the name of our Hollywood show, Star Shadows. We talk about the dark side of Hollywood. Do you think anyone's ever done that before? Explored the dark side of Hollywood? We make a lot of money. (laughs) For all the glitz and glamour, the stars that sizzle and shine, the magic of movies and the comfort of old time radio dramas, there's a dark side to Tinseltown. And we're here to shed light on those shadows. I'm David Reese. Hollywood Insider. I'm joined with Starly and John, my two paparazzis of the mind. We'll be tracking celebrities as they act their worst and do their dirty deeds. We are EPM Star Shadow, a Hollywood caper. How about that? Maybe this will be the October surprise of 2020. Is that we pivot to entertainment news? Those videos coming out. Oh, the Ghislaine thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wolf Blitzer's like, election has been thrown in, <laughs> thrown into chaos. I'm here in the Situation Room as small-time political podcast pivots to Hollywood Insider podcast. Uh, we have that crazed kid in his messy shirt who's going over the county-by-county county impact of the... Oh, I guess that guy's on MSNBC. John, you know that kid I'm talking about with the tie? Steve Kornacki. Steve Kornacki be dropping the knowledge. Now, these people are going to be alienated by this pivot from election profit makers to Hollywood star shadow. How this is going to play out, we won't know until later tonight when those first precincts close. But I can tell you that this does not bode well for Joe Biden like that. What if we fuck it up and get Donald Trump reelected? I'll never forgive myself. So Trump is obviously going back into total culture war mode, and he's talking about everyone tearing down these statues and left-wing fascists going around and erasing history. And by the way, why is everyone burning flags all the time? We should make it illegal. Everyone's always worried about these, these flags, and it just feels like such a 90s thing to me. And it made me think about, once again, my theory that Gen X is the shittiest generation of all time. And I'm being a little bit hyperbolic. But I want to talk about it specifically and briefly in the context of left-wing politics. I am Gen X. I say that, well, I guess I don't say it with pride. I just say it with facts. I'm in my late 40s. I'm classic Gen X. I graduated college at the height of the slacker lifestyle. Oh, so awesome. Living in Boston, playing in an indie rock band that never went anywhere, working jobs that didn't pay a lot of money, and just hanging out and goofing off and buying records at thrift stores and going to coffee shops and reading books. It was a terrific time. It was, of course, according to Francis Fukuyama, the end of history. 
And I think because there was no huge war for us American kids to be worried about and because there was what felt like at least semi-widespread economic stability, I feel like for people like me, college-educated white hipsters, our sense of politics turned to cultural politics like the personal is the political. That was huge at the college that I went to in the 90s. I went to Oberlin College, so you know it was all personal. It was all political all the time. I got canceled 25 years before any of you fuckers on Twitter complaining about getting canceled. I got canceled so many times at Oberlin for being a cis, white, straight guy. These dudes freak out about getting canceled online. These guys are like 50 years old now. Who fucking cares? Get it over and done with. Also, all the PC stuff. Who in the 90s at Oberlin, you think there weren't PC culture wars going all the time? I'm sitting here like this old grizzled veteran with a wooden leg watching everyone complain about PC culture running muck. You haven't seen the things I saw. I was in these trenches, son. 1992 Oberlin College. <laughs> and it's fine. It's their fucking kids. <laughs> They're fucking kids exploring the world and figuring out what's what. The stakes could not be lower. And then fucking Jonathan Chait and Andrew Sullivan are like, the whole country is going to turn into the Oberlin Student Council. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? The man in the White House is a fucking fascist has literal Nazis saluting at his rallies. You're worried about kids thinking that a burrito is cultural appropriation if it's served at McDonald's because McDonald's is a Scottish restaurant? No, it, it doesn't matter. Stop freaking people out about this bullshit that doesn't matter. While we were doing all that at Oberlin, I feel like the type of politics that we thought about was like, like the politics of movies and TV and is McDonald's good or bad? What's up with Nike and, and sweatshops? But I feel like our generation, we weren't conditioned to think about in terms of actual electoral politics. Like, let's build our bench, actual people who are going to rise through the ranks from local to state to national office. You know who has a Gen X Republicans are crushing. Gen X Republicans are crushing. Ted Cruz is Gen X. Paul Ryan you know, Mr. Barbell himself, OG, Rage Against the Machine workout master, is Gen X. The Gen X Democrats, it's not the same. The Republicans were so smart about building their bench. And now here we are. It's 2020. We're never going to have a Gen X president. It's not going to happen. We're going to get skipped. It could have been Beto. I mean, it couldn't have been, but he thought it could be. But he's Gen X. He's classic Gen X. They had an infrastructure that the Republicans did. You know, they had they owned right wing radio and they had all these think tanks. The, the, the Democrats didn't have any of that, even though we had the presidency during that time. Right. I think Gen X didn't. When I see kids now, we didn't think about overthrowing. We thought about discussing and parsing, but we actually weren't trying to overthrow the status quo. I think one thing that happened with Gen X, maybe because at that time, I feel like left-wing politics was quite cultural. And I think part of that is because Bill Clinton ran on very deliberate and you could say cynical triangulation where he wanted to make everybody happy. So he was not an inspiring figure to left-wing young people. I don't think very much in spite of him looking so cool playing the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. So much of our energy... I'm using myself as an example, and I know it doesn't speak to all Gen Xers and certainly not Gen Xers who were politically active back then. But so much of it was like, well, let's do some culture jamming. Let's make a T-shirt that has the Burger King logo, but instead it says Murder King. Let's disrupt everything. Hmm. We had Murphy Brown. That was a win. We had Ellen DeGeneres. That was a win. 
like these cultural things that I think did change the culture. Yes. These kids out on these at these protests are like getting shot by cops with rubber bullets and shit, burning shit up. It's totally different. Yeah, and tearing down monuments. Yeah, we didn't tear down a single monument the whole time. We were in a weird crack where we were aware of all of this, but didn't actually know we could do anything about it. But the conservative culture was dominating then, even though we, the Democrats, were in charge. I mean, if you tore down a statue in 1994, you'd be in big trouble. Yeah, I guess that's true. No, 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 but that's the trap. We can't conceive of it, which is why we don't know. We don't know what would have happened if we had all done it. It would have changed sooner, but we didn't think we can. And even when you say that now, we can't conceive of it. The only other thing I would say about Gen X that proves once and for all that it's the worst generation is it's the generation that gave us grunge music. (laughs) And I'm sorry, grunge music is the shittiest genre of popular music ever. It's the worst. There's like three good grunge songs and the rest of it, it's it's the worst. And I used to dress like those guys. Like, nobody loves to wear five baggy flannel shirts more than David Reese. But when I hear grunge music, I get so mad at my generation. Like, I get so frustrated and mad just about everything. And it's just such a Gen X genre. And I would say that it bums me out. And um, I think Gen X, we can't do what the boomers did. We just have to do a good job. Gen X, we got to do a good job, man. Because I think we fucked up. And now we're never going to have our Gen X president. What I realized, we were never going to have a Gen X president. I think that's when I realized how disoriented I was by our generation. I mean, the boomers are greedy and selfish. And they don't want to let go of anything. Oh, boomers are worse than Gen X. I should have mentioned that. But the fact that it took us so long to realize that is what I think the failure of Gen X is. Yeah, I think that's it. I think because of our historical situation... We had a very skewed understanding of what it takes to affect change. And we also didn't realize how much change there was to affect. And meanwhile, the Republicans the whole time were about, we're going to change so much shit. You lefties aren't going to know what hit you. I mean, I think it's good when I go to these protests and I see I'm like the oldest person there, it like makes me so happy and excited that it's not a bunch of old hippies, you know, running everything. But that's why Corona is so perfectly timed in that sense, because the old hippies can't take over. They can't be there because it's not safe. They are at risk. And so the kids have free reign to lead this moment. It's an incredible collision of events that is, is making this change possible. How does a copter pilot, son of a whore and a male whore, dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot on morning radio by Providence impoverished in Bermuda, grow up to be a king to all commuters, the 10 after traffic blaster who makes you faster, sees a lot farther by flying a lot higher by being a lot smarter by being a self-starter by 14, they placed him in charge of a helicopter. And every day while cars were getting backed up in spectacular crashes with fender bending meant commutes were never ending. Inside, he was tracking some new ways to get to work on time. Highway hacking, double nickels on the dime. Then a traffic jam came and devastation reigned. He flew over the commute with his huge galaxy brain. Put a call into the zoo about a closure of a lane. And he wrote his first refrain, the cloverleaf king of pain. 
got around They said, Tony knows this freeway Get him in the sky, analyze flows every day Flip your helicopter, don't forget to tip your DJ The world's gonna know your name What's your name, son? Helicopter Tony Tun My name is Helicopter Tony Tun We got your weather on the ones And traffic on the tens Let's be friends John Kimball, looking forward The future draws closer with every passing day What is your bet of the week? This this is a um, contract that I'm already in And it is who will win the 2020 Alabama Republican Senate primary. And I am no on Tommy Tuberville. And I got in there at 14 cents. Right now he's at 80 cents, so you could get in at 20 cents. I think Tuberville is favored, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. This will be on um, July 14th when this will be happening. And I think that night when the returns are coming in, at some point it's going to be 50-50. So if you can get in while it's uh, still cheap, then I think you can make some money on on a swing there. My bet of the week is another primary that's coming up, John Kimball, the Texas Democratic primary runoff. Mary Jennings Hagar or Heger. I don't know how to say her last name. I'm sorry. Running against Royce West. She's up 60. So I just bought in. I don't know anything about this race. They're going up against John Cornyn, of course, the Republican incumbent senator from Texas. If it's a crazy wave election, maybe there could be a Democratic senator from Texas if things get really wild and wacky. So I'm trying to just make some easy money here on the predicted favorite. Starley, do you have a bet of the week? I'm trying to see if there's any new markets. Well, there's the market on when uh, Biden will choose his VP. I'm definitely in that one. What are you in for? I'm in two brackets there in the Biden VP one. I am uh, I have 300 shares of yes in the August 2nd to 8th at, at, for an average price of 41 cents. And then I'm hedged in the the two brackets on either side of this. So I'll just lose a little bit if it's one of those two brackets. I'm going to buy a few shares in the July 26th to August 1st because I just I just want him to tell me now. <laughs> well, just last week he said, someone asked him about it and he said, it'll be in early August. I can't promise the first. <sighs> That's why August 2nd to 8th is at 45 cents right now. So He's killing me. I'm going to buy some shares at August 2nd to 8th, going off of John's intel that he read in the newspaper. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. This week, for our patrons, we are releasing a special episode, The Best Post-Apocalyptic Skylines. If you'd like to hear that first installment of what we're calling EPM Movie Club, sign up, patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions or Gen X complaints to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you would like to bet on the election and related catastrophes, you can sign up for Predictit using predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20. You'll receive up to $20 in matching funds for your pleasure. I'm David. I'm saying goodbye now to Starly. Goodbye, Starly. Bye. 
And John. Goodbye, John. Bye. We'll talk to you next week. Andrew Sullivan, bring it on. David Brooks, bring it on. Jonathan Chait, bring it on. And Matt Taibbi, bring it on. Cancel culture discourse is rocking across the USA. Left-wing fascism can't say what you want anymore. Bring it on, Adam Carolla, bring it on, cancel culture, bring it on, Brad Stevens, bring it on.